You know, it's because of readings like today's gospel that Advent feels a little bit more like Lent than pre-Christmas. After all, both Isaiah and Matthew have these accounts that sound an awful lot like terrible hellfire and brimstone judgment than they do about celebrating the birth of a little baby in Bethlehem. The Lord shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked, says the prophet Isaiah. You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? says John the Baptist in the wilderness, and then goes on to say, and I repeat it again, the Messiah's winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. This is the good news of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. But actually, it is. It's good news because chaff is useless. Chaff interferes with any number of things, and it's really a sign and symbol of everything that is wrong with creation. It's worse than useless sometimes, can actually be harmful. Away with the chaff. Clear the threshing floor. This is the good news of the Lord. Now, most of us know what seeds are. We know what wheat is. Wheat is good. We eat, you know, whole wheat shreddies. We don't eat whole chaff shreddies. Um, we want to have wheat flour in our bread, not chaff flour in our bread. Chaff, you see, is a covering that goes over top of the seed and other debris that gets mixed in with it. In other words, what we want is just the seed that grows and gives fruit and not all the chaff that covers the seed that keeps it from growing and that has to go away anyway, or the other stuff, the weeds and the other kinds of seeds that are mixed in that won't give us pure wheat flour. Separating wheat from chaff is a good thing. What good is chaff anyway? And what good are poisonous snakes? Anybody here big fans of poisonous snakes? I know my previous congregation in Houston, Texas, there would have been at least two people that would have put up their hands. We did have two people that were not religious snake handlers, but secular snake handlers. And they would bring their snakes around. And when we did vacation Bible school and we did the story of Adam and Eve in the garden, we even had a snake prop, an actual big snake to kind of make the point. But what good are poisonous snakes? I don't want to be around them. You probably don't either. They're biting animals. And when they bite, it hurts and in fact can kill. I found going through some of the rubble outside of Sophia's room, uh, a little book that I wrote for Olivia when she was much, much, much younger. And she was on one of her kind of kicks. And the kick was this question, dad, does it bite? Do you want it to know about all animals? Will that dog bite? Will that cat bite? Will that mouse bite? So I wrote an entire book about biting animals and how bad biting is. Isaiah says that when the Messiah comes, we're going to do away with the poison and the biting. 
children will be able to play alongside the snakes, alongside the the lions and all sorts of other dangerous animals and not be hurt. Because the biting and the poison is just another kind of chaff. It's something else we want to do away with and be left with the part of the animals that we like. The furry part. The purring part. The part of the animals we like to keep as pets. Chaff and snakes, fruitless trees, all of these things spoken of in our readings for today are useless. And like I've pointed out, worse than that, they can distract and sting and even kill and destroy. Away with the chaff. Let's get rid of it once and for all. So here's two things that chaff does. First of all, it prohibits seeds from growing. Seeds are protected by a chaff shell. And that chaff has to go away in order for the seed to be able to germinate. In the same way, our sin disguises, shields us from God himself. You might not think of it that way, but sin is like a barrier that keeps us from seeing God as God wants us to see him. We can see shades and shadows of God, but it's the kind of God that we are never really sure of. Is he come in blessing or is he come in cursing? Is he come to help us or is he come to harm us? We can't really know just looking at things that happen in the world. Your child gets sick. You lose your job, car drives into your house. Kind of God lets that happen. Teresa of Avila is one of my favorite little stories. She was a Spanish mystic in the 16th century, and she was on her way with some of her fellow religious sisters to bring a message to another convent. And while she was going, there was a huge rainstorm, and then there was a flood, and because of the flood and the river, due to the rainstorm, the wagon wheel gave out, and there they were stranded on the road. And Teresa was noted to have muttered under our breath, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, it's no wonder you have so few of them. That's what chaff does. It's all we can see of God's action in the world is the stuff that really is not all that great. It's what Paul talks about in Romans. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. But although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. It's not that God is hiding. It's that the chaff of our sin keeps us from seeing him as he wants us to see. Our sin even disguises our need for a savior. The other side of the disguising shell of chaff is that we look at ourselves and think we're pretty good people. What do we need salvation for? I'm no Hitler. I'm no Stalin. I'm no Pol Pot. I've generally been nice. On balance, I've done more good things for my kids and bad things. I haven't always been super generous as a husband to my wife, but sometimes I am. Sometimes it's okay. So really, who is God to come and say that I am a sinner and that I need salvation? 
Even Jesus had a hard time convincing the Jews who should have understood the chaff of sin well, that they were in fact in need of a Messiah. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him in John chapter 8, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. and You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And instead of jumping up and saying, finally, we have been in bondage to sin and Satan and death for so long. Now, at last, the Lord has come to set us free. No, they answer Jesus by saying, we're offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. Do you remember what happened to the offspring of Abraham for centuries? Enslavement? in Egypt, that finally the Lord had to come and deliver them. And even then they weren't super happy about it. Oh, can't we just go back to Egypt? At least there we had good onions and meat and leeks and everything was great. Now we're out in the desert and yeah, we're free, but it's not all that great. That's what the chaff of sin does. Disguises God's goodness from us and disguises the evil within ourselves. Chaff is like the other usage of chaff. Those of you who are familiar with military wording know that chaff can be something ejected from the back of an aircraft when it's being locked onto by a heat-seeking missile. It's what the plane dumps out the back to try and distract the missile. So the missile doesn't see the plane and goes off course. That's also what sin does, doesn't it? It's like a chaff ejected out of the back of the plane so that when God tries to speak to us through his word, we're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to listen to anything you have to say. Chaff keeps us from seeing God as gracious. He keeps us from seeing God as merciful. It actually keeps his grace from reaching us so that all we're left with is either a God who is indifferent or maybe a God who doesn't exist at all. The word of God goes off looking for the chaff of sin instead of coming through to our ears to enlighten us. So what does God do? He promises to burn the chaff with unquenchable fire. He promises to clear the threshing floor. He promises to knock down the trees that do not bear fruit. He promises to turn people that are a brood of vipers themselves and turn them into children of God. He promises to send his son that we might be baptized in his blood and come to know God rightly as a God who desires not the death of sinners, but that sinners see him as a God of love and grace and mercy who has saved them and redeemed them and promised them eternal life. The ax is laid to the root of all that keeps us from unrighteousness, all that keeps us from listening to the message of Christ, the good news, the gospel. The chaff will be burned with unquenchable fire. And when that happens, the good seed who have placed their trust fully in Christ will be all that remains. In the name of Jesus, amen. We continue our worship this morning with our prayers, where we lift our hearts and voices not to an indifferent God or to a God 
to whom it may concern, but rather to one who has sent his one and only son, his most precious possession into our world to save and redeem us. Please rise if you are able.